if your hearts are ready, if your mind is open, then I'm going to talk to you about our second part of our four-part message called Small Things, Big Difference. And if you missed last week, we talked, talked about the reality that sometimes when we look at somebody's life, when they seem to have it all together, it can be quite intimidating. I don't know about you, but sometimes we look at people and they seem to have it all together or they're incredibly uh, gifted in a certain area which you would love to be gifted in, that you're just starting out maybe in your journey. That can be anything from wanting to lose weight to wanting to get more intimate with Jesus and God, to want to practice the gifts of the Spirit, to uh, want to become the best employee that you possibly can. It can be anything at all, but sometimes when we, we look at those things, it can be incredibly intimidating. And we think, man, those big things, what did they do? What was the big thing that they did in their life so that I could achieve that sort of uh, success, if we want to use that language? But we said last week, and uh, this, if you're taking notes this week, if you weren't here last week, we said this here. It's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everybody wants. And that's true. It's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants And I want to say it again because that's so important to embrace this truth this morning, that it is the small things that nobody sees. It's left foot, right foot. Remember last week we talked about the faith of of Daniel in a lion's dead and a fiery furnace. You know, the background to Daniel having that uh, incredible faith was that he stopped three times a day, got on his knees and prayed to the Father. That's, That's the small things. That's the hidden things in our life that result in the big things that everybody wants the faith of Daniel, but that we want to hit our knees three times a day and pray to Yahweh, the God of our salvation. In fact, last week we focused on the, and we prayerfully, I hope you prayerfully sought God, and it was just this one thought that we would seek God for one word for our lives for 2017. Did anybody do that? Crikey. I put a lot of work into last week and four people went for one word. Well, that, and the rest of you weren't here? No. Or what about this word, procrastinate? How does that fit? I just, I just know that if you didn't do it, you weren't here. I'll take it as, take it as read. But we went for one word, and, and my word this year is passion, because God is, is just reviving me again to be passionate about the things of God and things of kingdom, and just in life in general. And so that's what we're about. But since this week, I want to, this up and coming year, I want us to, um, to do something else. So this week, we're moving from word to thought. And our text this morning is Proverbs 23, 7. It says, as a person thinks in his heart, so they are. As a person thinks in the heart, so they are. So he is, and so she is. So they are. But I'd like to say it this way this morning. If you're taking notes again, write this down. I think this is helpful. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. You could miss that and think, well, that doesn't seem terribly deep at all. But it actually would change the trajectory of your life. If you actually engage with this here, Scripture is right, Proverbs is right. But I want to say it this way. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life always moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Don't miss that, the power of this. As a person thinks in his heart, so he, she is. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And we all have stronger thoughts, and we all have direction in our life. If you think uh, life is going bad, life will probably go bad. If, you're, if your strongest thought is life is going bad, then your trajectory is to move to the negative, move to the bad, move to the bad news. That's just the way our hearts are wired. If you think you don't have anything to offer, guess what? If that's your strongest thought, do you think you're going to offer something to somebody? You ain't going to offer anything. If you think, if your strongest thought that I, I, my life has nothing to offer, I have nothing to give, you probably won't make a difference in your world, in your family, in your job. If that's your thinking. 
On the other hand, if you think that you probably can, you probably will make a difference. If you're strong thought, if, you're, if you think in your heart that you can actually change the world, that you can make a difference, and I don't mean the, the whole world, I mean your world. If you can change your world, your street, your family, whatever it is, whatever your hope, whatever your dream is, you probably will. You probably will. The difference between people that achieve big things in their life is that they actually, actually are convinced that they can do something. They go towards their strongest thinking. They go towards their, their life goes towards their strongest thinking. And so for years and years, my life was very negative. Very negative. I always presumed the worst. Kissing our, hey, man, if I won a million pounds a day, I used to think, man, maybe, maybe I'll get a bill tomorrow for one million, one pound and lose the whole thing. You know what I mean? And your strongest thought takes you in that direction. So therefore, this is not a feel good. This is not a dream and live it message, by the way. I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm, I'm basing everything on scripture this morning. I will give you text for what I want to say. Is that making sense? So I want you to learn that phrase. I want you to think about that phrase this morning. And we're going to do a little exercise in the morning. If, in, a, in a bit. If you believe that God is for you, guess what? You'll actually sense the presence of God. It's not mind games. It's actually awareness. Because do you, have you ever been in a meeting where people are experiencing the presence of God and there's miracles happening all around them? And then in the other part of the room, it just seems like nothing's happened. Now, I don't want to be critical. I'm not judging people's hearts or anything. But sometimes it's just to do with expectation. Just simple expectation. Being aware of the king and his presence. When you come to church on a Sunday morning, actually, you can't come to church on a Sunday morning. That's just bad theology. We are the church. It's the only place in the world you can't come. You can go to the movies, you can go to a restaurant, but you can't go to church. Sorry. You are the church. This is just bricks and mortar. But... But when we gather here, do you, you have an expectation? Do you have an expectation that God can show up in the room? What was your strongest thought this morning? Because your strongest thought this morning will actually take you in that direction, believe it or not. So that's what happens. We have opportunities, and we'll see those opportunities. So as a person thinks in his heart, so he or she becomes. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Have I said that before? And so that's why I want to build this into our foundation of the conversation today that we're going to have. I want to encourage you to, to do like a thought check. Can we do that? Sounds very American. They would call it, what would the Yanks call it? An audit? A thought audit? Do you want to do a thought audit? And it's just simply, here's how I would say it in Northern Ireland. I want you to think about what you think about. All right? I want you, actually, I do. I want you to think about what you think about. Do you ever stop and do that? I mean, I constantly have to do this in my life every day. Jason, what are you thinking about? Why are you thinking that way? It changes my emotions, changes my perception of the day. It actually changes my perception of people. We're pretty screwed up in here and in here. We are. We live in a crazy culture. And negativity seems to rule the roost. I've got a confession. Please don't judge me or mistreat me. Do you know what I did on Christmas night? For the first time in a long time, Downton Abbey was not on. I swear I don't know why I did it. I think it was the devil. I watched these standers. It was horrific. I never watched these standers for years and years, and I watched. Did anybody else watch that one episode? Please don't watch it. It was just negative and terrible. And then I went out for a walk with a dog. A long walk in the dark. My strongest thoughts were taking me in my worst direction. I was heading towards Coal Island, and I thought, stop, turn back. 
Put on Tommy Tiernan when you go home. Do something. Pray to Jesus. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts in case you'd never heard that the first time around. So we, uh, I've got this chart. It's not really a chart. I mean, it's, it's a poor man's. I'm not a graphic designer, as you can see. Can you put it up? There you go. <laughs> Ten's hot and one's cool. And uh, so, so don't panic. So what I want you to do is just, everybody, if you have pen and paper, maybe you could do it, put it in your phone, uh, or just mentally, I want you to circle the word this morning. So here's what I want to help you do. I want you to think about what you're thinking about. And so let's go. Think about last week, just last week, because Sunday's my new day, my new week. So last week is, you're probably thinking last week is still this week, but it's not. So we've got polar opposites and thoughts here. In fact, uh, it's up there. So so what kind of week might you have had last week? Were you on the scary, scary worried side? Or were you in the peaceful, absolutely God is in control of everything? Like last week, what were some of the things that went through your head? Uh, just let me jog your memory. Were you, um, were you concerned maybe about the health of somebody? Um, maybe about your job perhaps? About living accommodation? Or are you worried about money because the credit cards have come in and it's January and uh, that you got that early pay in Christmas and now January seems like they last for like a whole year. There's, I always say that there's, when it comes to January, there certainly is more month than money in January. And uh, so maybe you're worried about your kids and how they're going to go back into school and exams and they're maybe heading back to university. I mean, where are you on that scale? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? What are you thinking on that? I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Find yourself more worried than peaceful. Um, so what would you pick up in that slide? Or maybe on the other side, you're incredibly peaceful. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to live a worried life. Uh, and maybe incredibly peaceful. You're secure in the promises of God. That doesn't mean that, uh, that there's some things in your life that bring heartache and pain and trouble and obstacles and all that. But maybe it's just the scale here is that you're, you're kind of just bathed in peaceful presence. Do you ever be around those people? They're great people to be around, aren't they? The people are just so calm and, you know, ah, praise God. You know, your house is burnt down, car blew up, dogs died. And you go and you hang around with these people and they're just like, God is still on the throne. Donald Trump is getting inaugurated on Friday. Nobody wants to sing. It is inauguration. And yet I'm sure there's some people in America going, Jesus is still the king. Politics is second best always. So circle that number. Go ahead. We'll think about that. You done? We'll move on quick. Second one. Negative or positive? <laughs> where, where are you on that scale? How's your week been? You've been negative. Have you been negative? Northern Ireland people, are you ever negative? Have you been listening to the Nolan show? Are you negative? No? Or maybe you're just on the, on the positive side, you know, like God's doing some amazing things. You walk into this situation, you walk into, into a building like this and you just sense the presence of God and you say, ah, this is what the king's up to. You walk in your street, you walk into your work and everybody else is thinking, my gosh, how's this week going to play out? This is disastrous. And you're thinking, uh-uh. Imagine what God's going to do. Imagine how God's going to turn this situation around. Where are you on that scale, negative or positive? As I said, and I confess, a lot of my life was on this, probably on the white uh, salmon pink, number two. I'm more salmon pink than I was red, number ten. Where are you on that? 
You know, do you get discontent? If I was only married, I'd be happy. If I only had children, I'd be happy. If my children just left home, I'd be a lot happier. <laughs> Where are you at that? There might be more on that positive side. Okay, I'm maybe taking up too much time on that, but I want to just, this is important to help you think how you're thinking. Let's do one more. Let's talk about, I, 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 I couldn't find language for this. Everything just seemed cringy to me. Everything seemed a little religious. I had wordly down at one stage. And uh, I said, Caleb, wordly? What would you think if I said wordly? Are you thinking wordly thoughts? And Caleb says, Dad, just put flesh and spirit down. I thought, genius kid. So I put flesh and spirit, and then I thought maybe the kingdom of heaven. But can, can, does this make sense? Does this communicate okay with you? You don't need me to explain anymore. And so, so where, where's your thinking this week? Or last week, what were you thinking? Were you thinking more worldly things? You know, should I change a car? Uh, you know, what will people think what I'm wearing? Um, you know, a new kitchen. Um, and those things are okay, actually, by the way. They're not bad things. It's just I'm just actually trying to get you to think to, to where you're thinking. What is your thinking all about? What's a pattern with your thoughts during the week? What do you actually think about during the week? Are you sort of like concerned about the here and the now? You know, everything. Like Brian did that great talk. I'm still living off. Hold on to people and don't hold on to stuff. Do you remember that talk? Phenomenal talk. That talk literally changed my life. See, I'm kind of nuts, and I've said this before, I actually believe, maybe it's ludicrous, I actually get up here on a Sunday morning and think, I'm going to give you something that will change your life. I swear. No kidding. Brian's talk changed my life. I mean, I, I know the strange thing about Brian's talk, that week I lost things that were very important to me, like my wife and my kids, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, th- things that were sentimental value. And I'm not saying that God lost that stuff in me to try, try and test me. That, that kind of weirds me out. I don't know. I don't want to go down that road to be truthful with you. But I lost things that were really sentimental to me. And I just thought, people, stuff, people, stuff. Hold on tight to people. It's just stuff. It's just plastic. It's wood. Whatever it is. Where are we in that? Are you one of these people that... They're just thinking all the time, you know what? It's, it's the kingdom of heaven that's important. It's, 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 it's the eternal stuff. It's what I invest in. It's investing in India. It's investing in Cali. It's investing in, in Colitan. It's investing in, in um, the Moy. You know, it's investing our lives in people and in the kingdom and things that are eternal and things that are going to last forever and ever. And do you know what the most eternal thing is in this room? Relationships. The eternal thing is relationships. God has designed relationships to be eternal. Uh, anybody got 10, 10, 10? Come on, don't be modest. If you got 10, 10, 10, then I just, we love you. We celebrate your life. Anybody uh, five-ish and one? Was that nearly a... <laughs> Do this. <laughs> Do this. Uh, you're bad. You won't even play that. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh, damn, you won't. Um... If you're not, hey, it's good news. It's good news. It's, it's good to know what you're thinking. And we can change your thoughts. We can do that this morning. We can do that. Romans 12, 2 says, Don't copy behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. By doing what? Let's say this aloud. By changing the way that you think. Do you want to try it one more time? By changing the way that you think. Just, just, just one more time. How do you transform your mind? How do you transform your world? How do you transform your life? 
by changing the way that you think. Changing the way that you think. Don't miss the power in this either. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. So that you would know that the end of that scripture says so that you would know God's good and pleasing perfect will for your life. Anybody up for that? Everybody wants to know God's good and pleasing perfect will for life, don't they? Yeah? I mean, a stupid question. So therefore, you've got to change the way that you think. If you change the way that you think, then your heart's transformed. When your heart's transformed, you're connecting with the Father. You're connecting with the goodness of the Father. You're lining yourself up with the kingdom of heaven. You're lining yourself up with the way he thinks and the way he does life. You're lining yourself up with God's good, 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 and pleasing and perfect will for your life. That's not a bad thing at all. So your life moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So you might ask, well, how do I change my thoughts, Jason? I'm glad you asked. I spent a bit of time on it this week. I'm going to tell you how to change your thinking life. How you can change that. There's a couple of things in scripture that help us to do that. Number one, if you're taking notes, you want to write this down. We're going to learn to capture destructive thoughts. Destructive thoughts in our lives. If we're consumed by worry thoughts, negative thoughts, the worldly, the flesh stuff, we're going to capture those destructive thoughts, if that's where your thinking's at. And this is the way Paul taught us to do it. He said in 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 3 to 5, you want to read it in your scripture? Um, you want to read it behind me? That's okay. He said this to the Corinthian church, who unfortunately were believing so many lies. I mean, these guys are just screwed up. Screwed up in their thinking. He said, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. In other words, if you're a Christian, this is really good news. This is good news. We have got supernatural weapons available to us. He said, on the contrary, our weapons, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. That's a very, a very deep text, isn't it? I mean, it maybe sounds a little Star Wars and to you or Star Trekky, but it's scripture. Strongholds, supernatural weapons. And all those things are available because they, they have the power to, divine power to, to demolish strongholds in our life. And so that word power is where we get the word dynamis. It's dynamite. We, we, we're access to dynamite. We're dangerous people. Do you know that you're, you are spiritual warfare waiting to happen? Think about that. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, your spiritual warfare just waiting to happen. Because we live in this world where there's two kingdoms, the kingdom of goodness and the kingdom of darkness. Where do you think we write stories and get movies from and all those epics from? Where do you think we get all the th thinking behind that? There is a story. There is a story that runs through history. And the story is this, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of darkness. But they're not two equal powers. The kingdom of heaven is much stronger. The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ. We are God's people, chosen people. We live on the one inside and we have access to divine to find strong, or, or weapons that are absolutely supernatural that can destroy the strongholds that are in your life that are around negative thinking that want to take you on a track to destruction and steal and rob and kill and destroy. That's a true story. That's a true story. And I hope that that's helpful to you this morning. And uh, that word that we get from the, the strongholds is actually, it's, it's, it's a Greek word. I'm not going to pronounce it because I don't study Greek, but I know people that do, and I just copy and paste. So what I've done is copied and pasted the word, but the word just means it's like a dungeon, a castle. I mean, it's a kid going to Shane's castle uh, with, with my primary school, and when they took us down to the dungeons. And, of course, we all hid and scared the girls, you know, that sort of thing. And then comforted them. And <laughs> help me, Jesus. Oh, come on, I was only eight or nine. But I was a fast mover. 
I mean, how many people are locked up in wrong thoughts? How many of us are locked up in wrong thinking, wrong thoughts? How many of you come in here this morning and you just, you're just down negative alley? You're just in, in negative thoughts. It just, they're not only just there swimming around your mind, but they've actually taken hold of you. And they've actually handcuffed you and put you into this place where you just feel like, I just can't get out of this. I, everywhere around me, it's just bad news. I just can't, I'm anxious. I'm, I'm worried for everything. I'm just... And your strongest thoughts will take you to that place. Will take you in that direction. Your strongest thoughts will take you in that direction. Think about this. What is your spiritual enemy's greatest weapon? It's not a trick, and I, I'm, I won't play tricks with you this morning. Michelle's not here, so, but I will be on my best behavior. What do you think the enemy's biggest trick is? He's called, I'll give you a hint, he's, he's actually named, he has a name, a character. He's called the father of lies. He wants to lie. He wants to screw your life up. He really does. It's called the father of lies. And, and what he tries to do, he tries to convince us that, that some things are not true in our thought processes. He wants to get inside the mind, inside your thinking. Some things are not true, and, and so that we can build our life on the lie rather than the truth. See, we always talk about building our life on the truth, but I know far too many people are building their lives on a lie. And it's just destructive. It's the strongest thought that's taken them in that progression, in that place. Pre- predictable outcomes. And so they are building themselves on the lie. And he is, his primary strategy is living regardless, or lying, sorry, regarding the enemy. Jesus said, he's a liar. He's not only a liar, he's a father of lies. He's a father of lies. Jesus told a parable. He talked about God and planting seeds. Do you know that one about truth? And he talked about how he how the truth sometimes doesn't grow, how sometimes fruit doesn't, doesn't happen. And uh, one of the, the things that he says is that he'll, uh, when you receive truth, that the enemy comes immediately and he comes to steal and take it away so that it doesn't settle in your heart, it doesn't settle in your mind. Because you don't want to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because if you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, guess what's going to happen? You're going to find out what God's good and pleasing will is for your life. And the enemy doesn't want you to find out what God's good and perfect will is for your life because he wants to build your life on a lie. Build it up on the lie. So any truth that gets in there, let's get it out, let's get it out. You know what? We live in a world where truth is no more. There's no more absolute truth. I want to say that's wrong because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he is absolutely good and he is absolutely truth. He's absolutely truth. There is absolute truth and his name is Jesus. And line your life up with him and you won't go wrong. And so... He wants to, uh, what does he do? He, he wants to get you to do some thinking. And it's not his thinking. It's lying. He wants you to build your life on that. Remember the story. I'm going to come into land just a minute because I've got way too much notes this morning. Remember the, the strategy of the enemy in the garden in Genesis? Remember the story of Adam and Eve after Eve's ongoing conversation with Satan? That it's when he says, that woman convinced. The woman was convinced. She was convinced. She believed the lie. She was convinced. The fruit looks so fresh and so delicious. They make her wise. Genesis 3 and 6. Convinced of a lie. Bought the lie. Strongest thought. Headed in that direction. I want to ask you a question this morning. I don't want you to get spiritual or religious on me. But I want to ask you a real honest question. Um, please be honest with me, would you? Take off your religious hat. Does that sound very dramatic? I don't think so. The world falls. 
on, look at the fruit. It's fresh and delicious. It opens your mind. Honestly, guys, does it sound dramatic? It's not dramatic. And that's how he's won. That's how he wins in your life. That's how he gets into your life. That's how a stronghold comes into your life because of destruction. It's never dramatic. Lies are never dramatic. If he was to say to you, you know what? You know, um, Micah, you know, things are hard in the Scott House. Dad's a good guy, but he's getting there tight. You should rob the Ulster Bank this afternoon. Get some dynamite, some explosives, and we are taping this. Please do not uh, do any funny stuff with this here. <laughs> like cutting and paste it. He, he, he won't say stuff like that, but he might just say, you know what, somebody just dropped a fiver, pick it up. It's just, it's just, it's just all, it's always deceptive. It's never dramatic. But here's the thing. I want to guarantee you something. Most of us have fallen for it at one time or another. <laughs> Come on. It's not been dramatic, but most of us have fallen for deception one time or another. I guarantee it. It's never dramatic. But let's be honest. Most of us have fallen for it one time or another. We've given to the deception, the lie, the whisper, the small. The small. Can I give you some pastoral advice this morning? I'm just waiting for your answer. I wouldn't like to intrude in any way, speak into your life if it wasn't helpful to you. Don't line your life up with the lie of the enemy. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. If you line your, li- your, your life up with the lie of the enemy, you forfeit yours and others' future. It's what you do. It's a big deal. No wonder the enemy wants to take you out. Get a foothold. He lies. He robs you of your meaning. He robs you of purpose. He'll rob you of significance. Do you know how many human beings around our country, men particularly in their early 20s, live without significance? It's sad. Live without significance. Do you know where that comes from? The enemy wants to destroy. He wants to tell you your life has no meaning, it's no significance. I want to tell you something this morning. Your life has significance. You were made in the image of God. You were made in the character of God. You were made to know God. To know God is not just to know him, say yes to him. To know God is to know his character. To know his character is to live life like he did on the earth. To know his character is to bring the kindness and the goodness and the unstoppable and the unbelievable and the supernatural to your town and your streets. That's what it is to know the character of God. That's what it means to know God. That's what Paul teaches us. To know God is to know the character of God. To know the character of God is to bear the image of God. The image of God is perfect humanity. Perfect humanity on the earth is a good thing. Don't let anybody tell you that Christianity will destroy the world. Christianity is here for the benefit of society and for the benefit of creation and for the benefit of the entire world. It is. Thank you. I'll respond to that. I'll even go for another 20 minutes. (laughs) Those sort of things that spur me on in the morning. (laughs) No, uh, honestly, I've lost all track of time. What time is it? Ten past. Let me give you two things that are very practical and that will help you in this. Uh, Because Jesus says this, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. He wasn't kidding. So we demolish our arguments, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We destroy those things. And what do we do? What do we do? Everybody read this with me. And we take captive, are we, are we there? Sorry, Ashley. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Let's say that again. We take, we make it, that's the first thing we do. We demolish the lies, 
We take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. So when you're, you're thinking wrong thoughts, okay, I can't make a difference. I have no significance. I'm a screw up. I'm never going to amount to anything. No, 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 no. Okay? No. We're not going down that road. That's not the direction. It's not the trajectory. So the first thing we do is we take those thoughts captive and we're going to make them obedient to Christ. We're taking them, we're putting them in prison and we're saying, here's the boss. Here's the truth. Here's the life. Here's the way. For my family, for my nation, for our politics, for our health system, for our education system, for our business world, he is truth. He is life. He is the way. We take the negative. We take the the bad stuff. We take those strongholds and we make them obedient to Christ because he is truth. He is perfect truth. He is perfect theology. So whenever your mind's saying you're screwed up, God can never use me. No, no, no. Actually, I may mess up. Good news, the truth is, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I do not want to hear anybody in the Vineyard Church in Dungannon describe themselves as a worthless sinner. You're not a worthless sinner. Jesus Christ never once uttered those words. You may have been a sinner, but now you're born again. But God, in Ephesians says, but God, but God made you alive in Christ Jesus. Therefore, you can sit in heavenly places and you can think in the mind of Christ and you can stay in those places and you can see things from a different perspective and you can be an overcomer regardless of the obstacles in your life. You're not a worthless sinner. You're bought by the blood of Jesus that is priceless and you're a son and you're a daughter of the King. And that's the reality this morning. The second thing, if you're up for it, so we take the thoughts that are untrue, we capture them and we make them obedient to Christ. We capture, destruct the thoughts and we make them obedient to Christ. Have you got that? Good. So you're not a screw up. You're not rubbish. You're not. You have significance. You have significance. Number two. Then the second thing that Paul teaches us is very simple. And the second thing we do is this. We fix our thoughts on spiritual things. I know you want something deeper. I know you want a tablet. And I don't mean this. I mean a tablet. You want a medicine. You want an injection, don't you? But we don't have it. Scripture tells us, Paul tells us, Paul's right. He says, fix your eyes on spiritual things. We focus on the kingdom of heaven. We see the good. We focus on the spiritual things. Paul from prison. Okay, don't miss this. Paul in prison, he, wrote so, he writes this. And can I encourage you? Come to Philippians tomorrow night. Really encouraged last week. Man, my faith wasn't there. That room was packed out last week. Well, good crowd of us in that room. Over 20 of us in that room enjoying the scriptures and opening the scriptures. Come tomorrow night. You won't be disappointed. But this is what he says as we go through the book of Philippians. We're going to go through that tomorrow night. He says this uh, from a prison cell. He says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. That's what he says. He says, think about things that are excellent, worthy of praise. And then at verse 9, he says, the God of peace, the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace, fix your thoughts on what's true, noble, right? If anything is excellent, if anything is praiseworthy, guess what? Think about those things. Think about what you're thinking about. Take the negative, capture it, present your, your thoughts to Jesus, make them obedient to Christ. So we capture the lies and we focus, our, we focus our thoughts on what's true. And we never want to miss the power in that. We never want to miss the power in that. Changing your way, I think, and you think, literally transforms our lives and our destinies. And that's not an overstatement. Because I think, so I will become. As I think, so I will become. As I think, so I will become. 
My life is going to move in the direction of my strongest thoughts. My life is going to move in the direction of my strongest thoughts. Don't miss a part of this. Some of you, I want to prophetically say this morning, some of you, some of you are one thought away from having your life totally and completely changed when you stop believing the lie of the enemy and lining yourself up with the one who wants to forfeit your life and steal it and kill it and destroy it.